0: Break the Chains 2018, presented by Mike Seibert Radio in conjunction with Federal Way Coalition Against Trafficking. It will take a community effort to eliminate human trafficking. We invite you to join us. My name is Mike Seibert, and thank you for downloading this podcast. Up till now, during this series of podcast episodes, we've heard from several strong and brave people who have shared their experience and insight on how to raise awareness and eliminate human trafficking. Brenda Oliver gave an introduction to Federal Way Coalition Against Trafficking and the Break the Chains 5K. Tasha Smith talked about the upcoming Strapwa National Sex Trafficking Conference and the work she does with Rebuilding Hope, the sexual assault center of Pierce County. Diane Zorro and Jennifer Tucker each shared their stories about how their lives have been affected by human trafficking and sex trade as a mother and as a survivor, respectively. Now, in this final podcast before the Break the Chains of Human Trafficking 5K happening Saturday, May 19th, my guest is John Price, a good friend of mine who is himself a survivor of child sex abuse and trade and describes himself as a man at war and his war is against all who facilitate the trafficking of children for sex. He joins me now via phone from Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, Mike, how you doing, bud? Fantastic. Well, uh, uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk with me today. I know it's, uh, um, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a, uh, uh, very uh, educational and enlightening and uh, uh powerful conversation i'm uh, uh, looking forward to uh, just uh, uh getting to know you a little better because i i know i know we've been, uh, kind of been uh you know twitter buddies and social media buddies on and off uh, for the last several years but yeah i haven't haven't really had a chance to kind of connect on a personal level so i think uh um I, I i'm really looking forward to the opportunity
1: as as am i um like we've talked about in the past you know everything that we're going to be discussing today of course um but for me it's just an opportunity to help make someone that i absolutely have grown to trust over the years even though we've never met face to face and help you come to better understand um everything that we're going to be discussing
0: absolutely and that's that's really what a lot of this has become it's kind of like my uh um very much an education about the uh, uh truths and uh harsh realities about uh, you know uh, uh, sex trade, sex trafficking, um, child abuse, you know all, all all kinds of things that you know. I, I think I've admitted to everybody that I've talked to so far. I've uh, I've spent a good portion of my life having uh, my head in the sand and not really understanding. Uh, what you know, what, what the actual realities are because like you know I I see you know I I, I kind of see uh, human trafficking kind of like re- uh, uh, shown in movies like you know like you you see uh, Taken or like even like in uh, uh, Batman v Superman that that was kind of like a plot point there where Batman breaks up a you know a trafficking ring and you know so th- that's that's really kind of what my exposure has been to this, this highly fictionalized. Um, and and occasionally sensationalized version of what uh, uh, human trafficking and the sex trade is. And, and, and let me cut you off there to
1: say, very much what you've seen is a very fictionalized account. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, let's make sure everybody understands from the get-go. That kind of thing does happen, but it's so few and far in between that there's actually um, – that kind of thing out there because like just to go ahead and tell everybody that is going to end up listening as you know i'm a survivor Mm -hmm. i'm a survivor of the child sex trade and it wasn't some rando unknown person who kidnapped me and started tricking me out it was my own birth father and i say that right here at the beginning to say nine times out of ten most of the cases of sex trafficking involve a child who is being pimped out by somebody that they already knew. Now, in today's world, with it being digital media, the concept of knowing someone is, as you know, Mike, is changing. Mm -hmm. We may get to know somebody through social media and then Think we can trust them. And in many cases, like with you and I, I know I can, and that's been borne out through our interactions over the years. Mm-hmm. But then there are these people who are the exact opposite of what um, you would expect based off of the interactions you've had with them.
0: Sure so John before um uh before we get too much further i I think maybe I got a little ahead of myself with you know kind of uh, uh, you know kind of getting into the subject of what we're talking about why don't we wind things back a little bit and oh why don't you go ahead and in- introduce yourself uh uh to me and to anybody listening and uh um just uh, just tell me a little bit about yourself and I'd uh, yeah just kind of like to um hear about you a little bit
1: well. As you said, my name is John. More specifically, my name is John Price. And I'm okay with people knowing my last name because what it boils down to at this point is I'm very open about the things that happened to me at the hands of my birth father. Okay, Trafficking, sexual abuse, physical abuse. And I'm more than willing to answer any questions you or anyone else may have in regards to what he did, which is why I'm talking with you today. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, really... I sp- I'm not from the Pacific Northwest originally. I lived there for well, of, well, close to 20 years. Okay. Because at the age of 12, I was adopted by two very wonderful and overly forgiving people. And I call them overly forgiving because when you're someone going through the kind of things that I went through post freedom. Mm -hmm. with the mental and emotional issues and really prior to that happening never being believed whenever i tried to speak out i had a lot of emotional baggage um i call it emotional diarrhea (laughs) okay and that was all due to never really as early on as i needed getting the help that i needed my adoptive father is a retired pastor okay. who's now also substitute teaching in the Everett School District. Oh cool. Great. My my adopted mother is a teacher in the Everett School District as well as does some online um stuff for I believe the University of Idaho, but I could be mm-hmm. wrong about the specific school, but she's also a college level professor.
0: Okay. So definitely still have uh, uh, some ties and connections to the Pacific Northwest here.
1: Very much so. Both of my little sisters who are adopted as well um, still live up in the area with their mm-hmm. kids. So I very much, the Pacific Northwest, while I may physically be in another part of the country, mm-hmm. is still, in my heart, my home. Um, really... Where do we go from here except straight into the dirty?
0: You know what? I, honestly, I think that is uh, that is the best course. So in uh, in your own time, at your own pace, uh, uh, feel free and um, uh, uh, please share with us uh, basically as much as you would like to.
1: Well, the short version to start off with, y'all already know, like I said a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. that my birth father was my pimp. Mm-hmm it started out um, with him sexually abusing me and then physically abusing me when I wouldn't do what he wanted me to sexually. Mm -hmm. And then it progressed from there where first off, got to understand there's two different terms that get used when talking about the child sex trade. One is domestic minor sex trafficking. And that's specifically for those who were um, pimped out for sexual situations with other adults or whoever
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then there's commercial sexual exploitation of children that's a broader term that domestic minor sex trafficking falls under okay um the reason I give those definitions here now is because while when I was pumped out to other adults for sex mm-hmm. yes that is sex trafficking it goes beyond that what I was put through because I was also pimped out for child porn production. And the child porn production is where the commercial sexual exploitation, the broader term, comes in. Mm -hmm. Anytime I tried to speak out, I would be called a liar, he would be told, and then I would be beaten mercilessly. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in ways that would not leave the marks needed to get me the help that I needed sooner And this went on from my earliest memories from the age of four up to the age of eight when social services here in Missouri finally took me away from my birth parents for the final time. And this was all due to other reasons along the lines of neglect, you know, not keeping the house clean, not making sure we were properly bathed, things of that nature. Yeah. There's the, um, there's this short version of the whole long story. I don't know how p g you are trying to keep your podcast there, but there's a lot more detail I could go into
0: you know i I would just you know recommend use use language to your comfort um if if uh if that makes sense um, it, it It makes perfect sense, and the reason why I wanted to make
1: sure ahead of time is because the one story that I usually talk about involved me saying no to a, who, a man and a woman who, one was a doctor, the other one was a law enforcement officer, mm. and being held by the throat over the balcony of a seedy motel where I had been taken to be filmed and told if I don't do what they wanted me to, they were going to drop me and kill me. Now, that's more to the extreme end of things sure. that you're going to hear mm-hmm. with whoever you talk to. But that's kind of to give you a picture of the kind of stuff that I was put through. Because in that particular instance, the doctor and the law enforcement officer were doing, that, doing the filming that night because they were filming me having um, what can only be amounted to as
0: penetrative sexual intercourse with their daughter. You know, honestly, John, in the the folks that I have uh, spoken to so far, um, folks usually keep uh, uh, details relatively private, and I don't... um, It can be anything from coping,
1: helping them heal by not talking about the dirty details, if you will, sure. to not wanting to overburden the audience. Mm-hmm. But for me, I find at this point in my life, the only way to break the cycle of a lack of understanding that it happens across gender lines and age lines is to give details because without the dirty details of at least one of the situations I mm-hmm. face, it basically boils down to people can blow me off like, Oh, he's just full of it, and not take what I have to say seriously. So I'd much rather give dirty the dirty details when and where I can um,
0: to help educate absolutely and and again obviously that's that's the purpose of what we're doing and i know that that's a a very specific goal that that you've had you know in all of your uh advocacy and everything that that you've been about is you know um you know i i i feel like i'm uh uh, kind of like in in the the minor leagues type of thing, you know. I'm just you know kind of like a, a journeyman, just a little bit. Whereas whereas you've uh, you've been in the trenches of this uh, um, for as, well, as far as I can understand, the majority of your life.
1: Well, quite honestly, what it boils down to is, even those of us who are survivors, we're all journeymen because we're constantly learning about new ways of of traffickers we're learning about new courses of action to take and how to properly Mm -hmm. assist trafficking victims. Like Mm -hmm. as an example, late next month in the month of June, I'm actually going to be attending a conference here in Missouri called Mm -hmm. show me a helping hand. And the pure focus of that is to educate people on modern day